0: Little friends, family of God, it's so good to join with you in worship today. We're gonna start with a reading from Psalm 95. It says this. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before Him with thanksgiving and extol Him with music and song. We're gonna do that today. For the Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods. In His hand are the depths of the earth and the mountain peaks belong to Him. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. So come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for he is our God. And we are the people of His pasture, the flock under His care, the word of the Lord. This is the good news, friends, that the sovereign King, the one who rules over all, the great God that we just read about, He doesn't just hold the mountains. He doesn't just hold the seas. He holds each and every one of us. We are the people of His pasture, the flock under His care. So as His people is showing in Thanksgiving today, let's lift our eyes to our good shepherd, our protector, the one who watches
1: over us. Let's give it thanks and praise today. Come on, praise wherever you are. Hey. Oh, lift up a hallelujah to our God. Our Savior is alive. Our King is alive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the presence of my enemies. Songs of praise, hymns of praise. With faith, we sing. Above what we fear, we sing. The Lord rings, let the earth rejoice. Now sing it now. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Our God reigns.
0: Lord, we raise a hallelujah, the highest praise to the one who's worthy, our strong tower, our mighty fortress, our refuge. We run to you, God. We rest in your presence today. We trust in who you are. You're faithful, you're strong, never failing. We're here to honor you, to sing a little louder. To, you, God, to bless your name,
2: God from God, light from light. We believe in one Jesus Christ breaking through the darkest of Shout out to him and sing. You find us where there is no way you make a way, where no one else can reach us. You find us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord.
1: Right here in this space, the presence of the Lord. I want to encourage you just to maybe even put your hands like this. I want to sing a song over you. It's a blessing. And just, you know, if you're, maybe if you're sat down, maybe stand and do this, or maybe if you're standing up, maybe sit and do this. Just some sort of posture that receives because we know that the Lord wants to speak to you. The Lord wants to say something to you. Ready for you. Speak to us now. his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face to
3: And not turn
4: You just to uh, hold this posture of worship and openness right now. There's a reason that this song is such a powerful song, it comes right out of scripture. Moses is instructing the priests in the Old Testament, and he says that when you bless the Israelites, say it like this He says, Say the Lord bless you and keep you. Say, May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And Moses says, In this way, You're going to put the name of God on the Israelites and God will bless them. And that blessing is put to the test later in the book of Numbers. There's a Midianite king, Balak, who is terrified of the Israelites. And so he hires this prophet, Balaam, son of Beor. And he says, hey, Balaam, I'm terrified of these Israelites here. Would you put a curse on them? And Balaam says, listen, man, I can only say what God says to me. So I'll go talk to God and I'll let you know what he says. And seven times Balaam comes back to Balak and he says, listen, man, God has blessed these people and if he's blessed them, I can't curse them. In one notable moment, Numbers 23, the scripture says, then he spoke this message, arise Balak and listen to me, hear me son of Zippor. God is not human that he should lie. And he's not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? I, oh, get this, I have received a command to bless. He has blessed, and I can't change that. No misfortune is seen in Jacob, no misery observed in Israel, for the Lord, their God, is with them, and the shout of the king is among them. God brought them out of Egypt, and they've got the strength of a wild ox. Verse 23, there's no divination against Jacob no evil omens against Israel it will now be said of Jacob and Israel see what God has done see friend the blessing is more fundamental than the curse and we know that because Jesus Christ was God's blessing in the flesh God's blessing incarnate and he took the curse upon himself and his body and rose again indestructible and that means that there is blessing afoot in God's world and so wherever you are right now home apartment dorm room sitting in your car just receive right now Just receive, open your hands, and we pray the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit upon you. We pray the resurrection life of the Lord Jesus Christ upon you. We're praying it over your finances, and we're praying it over your health, and we're praying it over your children, and we're praying it over your businesses, and we're praying it over your relationships, and we're praying it over the cities that you live in. We're saying, Lord Jesus, let your blessing engulf the curse again raise us up raise us up in your strength oh all of that we're asking in your mighty and victorious name grant it we pray in jesus name and all god's people said amen as we prepare to receive our tithes and offerings today we remember that what it means to be a blessed people a people blessed of the lord is that we use our strength to be a blessing to others and as we've remained faithful in our tithes and offerings here new life church We have been a blessing to our city and to people beyond our city. We've given away five tons of food, helping our local ministry partners. People are being served by your strength. So give and give generously today. It's making a difference in God's world. Lord Jesus, here we are. Take these gifts. Use them to bless and strengthen your world. We're asking in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. There are three ways to give. You can give online. You can text to give or you can mail in your offering. Let's continue to worship as we give. Lift us
1: up one more time. In His favor. In His
3: feet, be upon you, in the thousands, generations, and Your family, and Your children, and their children, and their children, and Your friends
1: go before you, behind you, beside you,
3: all around you. Combien. He is with you in the morning, in the evening, in your coming, in your goings, in your, your eating and rejoicing. He is for you. He is for you. his voice, his voice, his voice, He is
1: and we say amen together. Amen, let it be so. So be it in Jesus' name. Oh, friends, the word of the Lord comes now. We're gonna open the scriptures. So please lean in, press in, grab your Bibles, grab your notebooks, lean into the word of the Lord, grace and peace.
5: Everybody, thanks for joining wherever it is you're joining from. Let me start off by saying something uh, serious and encouraging that when we worship, as we just did, when we receive the word, worship and the word, when these things happen, hopelessness is broken Addictions are conquered, depression is lifted, ungodliness flees, mourning turns into dancing. These are some of the promises of the Lord when we come to him in faith. And this is all by his work. So I want you to lean into this message. We are not just watching a sermon like someone would watch a lecture. We did not just watch uh, like worship as if someone was watching a concert. No, 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 no. We are engaging in the Holy Spirit. And so would you turn into your Bibles with me? If you're excited to turn into the Word of God, turn in your Bibles to the, what's one of the last books of the Bible, the book of James, So turn there. If you have a paper Bible, extra credit for anyone who has a paper Bible, wherever it is you're joining us from. Kids, I've been talking to you these last couple weeks, asking you to draw things. Some of you are too young to be taking notes, but many of you can draw something. So kids, if you're up for it, I have two drawings for you this Sunday. I want you to draw a picture of you receiving a Bible from Jesus. So a picture of Jesus handing down to you, the Bible. So draw yourself, draw Jesus, and extra credit for you if you uh, say a it, it, it book of James in your drawing, that would be extra credit. But let me pray. We're going to pray, then we're going to read part of James chapter 1 and receive what it is the Lord has us from the Word of God. So, Lord, we pray to you. We ask you, Lord, to open our hearts, open our minds that we might receive from you what you want us to hear, Lord but we want to worship you. We want to receive your word in your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We'll turn into your Bibles. James chapter one, verse one. It says this, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is how people opened up letters back then. They said their name. And then he's going to say who it's to. To the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. Greetings. Verse two is a pretty wild statement. Buckle up. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. What a statement. Verse 3, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Verse 5, about wisdom. If any of you lacks wisdom, what should you do? You should ask God. And he who gives generously to all without falling, finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when you ask God, verse six, and anytime you ask God for something, you must believe and not doubt because he who doubts is like the wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person, that man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. And then jump down to verse 12. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. So, I have for you a classic New Life Manitou three point, one, two, three point sermon. It seems like all my sermons are that, anyways. But let me get started. Point number one is going to come with it something very special for New Life Manitou. And point number one is going to be a nerd alert. Are you ready for this? If you're not new, if you're new to New Life Manatee, this is something weird that we do. let's be honest, something weird I do and you all roll your (laughs) eyes and put up with, but I say nerd alert and then you make alarm sounds and alert sounds. So do that. And if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, just type in nerd alert and hit enter into the comment section. That way people who are like looking at this sermon later on will see a whole bunch of nerd alerts and think how weird is this church? And we will say very weird. This is Manitou. We're keeping it weird. So nerd alert. Point number one is this, the Bible is not written to us, it's written for us. Once again, the Bible is not written to us, it's written for us. Certainly it is written for us. Let's be very serious. Who is this written to? Well, James says, he says, to the 12 tribes, scattered, like seeds, the Greek word, dispora, scattered amongst the nation's greetings. Who's it written to? the 12 tribes, those people who were of Jewish descent and became Christian believers, this letter is to them in the first century. Maybe one of the very first, if not the first letter in the New Testament that we have is this book of James. And who is it written from? Well, it's written from James. Who's James? Well, there is uh, no less than five Jameses In the New Testament, two are Jesus' uh, disciples. So in the group of 12 of Jesus' disciples, if you were to say, hey, James, two of them would look up of the 12. One was son of Zebedee. The other uh, was the son of uh, Alphaeus. And the other two Jameses, so the two disciples, other two Jameses just mentioned in passing. We really don't know much about them. And then this fifth James, who we think this book, we're very sure actually that, uh, well, as, as, as sure as we can be, that this fifth James was the author of this book. And this James is the brother of Jesus. Did you know Jesus had brothers? In fact, he had more than one brother. If you look at Mark chapter 6, there's a story where his brothers, uh, it it mentions them by name. Uh, Their their names are um, James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. Four brothers listed of Jesus. And then it says, and he also has sisters. And so the plural for sisters would be at least two So Jesus had at least, we don't know. He could have had a lot more sisters. Jesus had at least six siblings. Think about that. Not much is known about Jesus' childhood, but he had at least six, maybe more siblings. And if you think about um, all these siblings, there's another interesting passage. We read it as a family just the other night. We we try to read a chapter a night before we go to bed, Uh, me and the boys, Erica, My wife, we read a chapter we started years and years ago in Genesis, and now we're in the New Testament. We got to last week, uh, the Gospel of John, chapter seven, early in Jesus' ministry, Jesus teaching something. And there's this one little line in there that says, Jesus' brothers did not believe in him which is very interesting. And you got to wonder like, why was this included? I don't know. It's just what happened. It's a historical account of what happened. But why didn't Jesus brothers at this time early in his ministry believe? We don't know. It could have been just how he grew up with his siblings. I, I imagine kind of, saying this half jokingly, but can you imagine being your brother being Jesus and your mom and dad saying, can't you be more like Jesus? He's perfect. And they're like, no fair, he's God, he's perfect. And so who knows, for whatever reason, early in Jesus' ministry, James, one of the Jesus brothers did not believe, but this quickly changes after Jesus dies and raises from the dead, he's resurrected, we find early in Acts chapter one that his brothers did believe. They did believe, which, which something must have happened there that they become believers. James would become uh, a leader in the church, a pillar of faith, a central role of the early church. He ends up at the end of his life, giving his life as a martyr for Jesus as Christianity. I imagine he was asked, do you really believe that Jesus, your, your brother, was the Lord, was God Himself? Do you really believe that? And he said, Yes. And if you, well, if you really believe this, we're going to kill you. And he ended up making the decision to die and be a martyr. Jesus had these these six plus siblings. We don't know if they were younger brothers, if, if sisters. If you know, we very very central to the story of the Christmas story and the nativity is that Jesus was the firstborn of Mary, but then maybe Joseph and Mary had other children, or could it be that Joseph had a previous marriage and then what became a widower and got married uh, to Mary, that that would make his siblings older than him, were they younger, we don't know. But James, the author of this book, writes about ways in which we need to walk out our faith, all these topics. It's different than a book of Paul's letters. James writes by topics, and we'll get into these topics as this sermon series progresses. So that's point number one. Point number two is this, and kids, I'll have you draw something in just a second. But point number two is this, the testing of your faith develops perseverance. The testing of your faith develops perseverance. I'll say it a third time because this is a direct quote right from James. The testing of your faith develops perseverance perseverance. So kids, I want you to make another drawing, a drawing of you in some sort of trial and some sort of bad day. Maybe you're um, missing out on your friends. Maybe you missed out on school and maybe, you know, some sports you played or summer camps you had planned to go to. These things are not happening. So choose something, choose a bad day in these last couple months of quarantine and this pandemic Choose a bad day and draw that. Maybe you can talk with your parents later about um, the trial that you've been facing. Draw a picture of you facing a trial. Then I'll have you add to this picture in just a minute. But let's get to the text. James chapter one, verse two. Uh, I'm, and I'm reading, the, the translation I'm reading is from an old NIV. This is the this is literally the Bible I had back in high school. And so I've memorized parts of it, parts of James. And so I'm using this translation uh, because it's familiar to me. But this one is not gender inclusive. This one just says brothers. But of course we could say brothers and sisters as maybe your translation does. Because when James wrote this letter to the 12 tribes, certainly there was men and women in listening and he was writing to all of them. If I was translating it, I would say, uh, consider it pure joy, guys, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because a group of people, at least I refer to groups of people that are male and female as guys, and it kind of has this original connotation of, of a male brothers, and yet a, 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 no one would be offended by that, right? <laughs> I'm sure someone would be offended by guys, but consider it pure joy, guys, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops Perseverance, and perseverance is something we get. It's the reward of what we get from going through trials. And I think there's like comedians, stand-up comedians, there's certain jokes that just always nail it. You know, there's certain things that they can say and make fun of and and everyone just laughs. Comedians can always make fun of like the younger generation. They could always say, "Oh, kids these days, you know, kid they got, you know, they got it so easy. The snowflake generation. Everybody gets a trophy. Back in my day, only winners got trophies." Or I'm sure you've heard the saying, that uh, like back in my day, when I was a kid, I had to walk to school both ways uphill. (laughs) How is that even possible to walk both ways uphill? It's not. Kids, you kids listening to this right now, when someone starts that little chant, you know what you could say? You could say, well, back in my day, they just canceled school one day and we all had to go home and our parents had to be our teachers. It was brutal. Kids these days, we are all, you know, all generations, all, I think our whole nation, city of Colorado Springs, Manitou Springs, the county, we are undergoing a trial. And you know what? It it might get harder. I'm going to mention some things, and some of you are going to tighten up just thinking about, you know, the joblessness, the economic uncertainty, government rules, and some people not obeying the rules, and protests going on, and, and economic uh, uh, failures, There is hard times going on right now for people of all generations. And I don't want to downplay that. And I want to say that what we're going to get out of this is perseverance. And I'll talk about that in just a minute. But before that, I want to say that things could be a lot worse. I'm going to refer to uh, in world history, there was a plague much worse than the plague going on right now. The one I'm referring to, It's called the Cyprian Plague. There was a a guy named Cyprian who lived a long time ago, 200s AD, and he writes about a plague. He describes it, and it's called that just because he described it, and his works got passed on. We still have it, so it's described and called the plague that Cyprian kind of talked about and wrote about. And in his time, at the height of this plague, get this, the city of Rome, so one city, not worldwide stats, just one city, 5,000 people were dying a day in Rome because of this plague. And we don't know what it was. He describes that he had no idea back then what a virus was or what a bacteria was. It could have been some sort of influenza type thing that's like COVID right now. It could have been an Ebola type thing. We have no idea, but it was killing 5,000 people in the city of Rome Per day. Can you imagine the hysteria and the panic? Cyprian, there's this paraphrased quote of his that he just paints the world as what it is this pretty bad thing going on. He says, There's robbers on the highway. Pirates on the seas, armies fighting, cities burning. In the amphitheaters, men are murdered to please applauding crowds. Can you imagine Christians or criminals going into a stadium to die while people applauded? A horrible world. He says, selfish, cruelty, misery, despair under all roofs. It's a bad world, an incredibly bad world. But I have discovered in the midst of it, a company of quiet Holy people. It's a horrible world, but there's this quiet, holy people who have learned a great secret. They have found a joy which is a thousand times better than any pleasure of sinful life. They are despised and persecuted, but they care not. They are masters of their souls. They have overcome the world. These people are Christians, and I am one of them. Wow. People undergoing trial like you and me, we have as Christians, a long history of God looking after us. So kids, I want you to draw something, that picture you have of your drawing of a bad day, something um, uh, that you had to go through some trial. And at the top of that picture, hopefully you maybe have a little bit of room, put Jesus overlooking you in your trial. Jesus is with us. Consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds. Verse three, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance and perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Third point for this sermon. We just talked about trials. Now let's talk about perseverance. Point three is this. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete not lacking anything. I'll say it again. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. You know, we're gonna get something out of this whole trial that we're undergoing. It's like we're going to the bank, we're gonna cash a check, we're gonna get something. And you know what that's gonna be? It's gonna be perseverance. Paul, to quote another letter in the Bible, in, in Romans chapter five, verse the three, Paul says this, we also glory in our sufferings because we know that our suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, character, hope. What is perseverance? It's like it's like being steady. It's being uh, with endurance. It's per- persevering through anything. This is what we get as a reward, undergoing trials with faith. Verse 12, go back to book of James now. Book of James chapter one, verse 12. We already read it. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to all those who believe in him. So kids, as you're drawing Jesus looking over you, draw on yourself a crown. As you're going through whatever trial you drew, draw a crown on your head Get out your other drawing of you being uh, receiving a Bible from Jesus and draw a crown on that head as well. Because a crown is something the Lord does, do you read this? It says he's gonna promise to those who love him. And some of you are, are feeling, I imagine you're feeling the weight of, I don't feel like I deserve a crown. I, I, I don't know, I feel like I've messed up and failed and and things aren't going right, I don't deserve a crown. And you know what, that's kind of the point. That's kind of the whole message of the gospel. Is that we don't deserve it, but He, with our faith, places upon us joy and forgiveness and hope. I was talking to someone the other day that was that was um, saying that up until this quarantine pandemic, they were you know they were going strong with their New Year's resolutions. You know they did all winter and they're going into the spring strong, and then this quarantine happened, and they are so down on themselves, so hard on themselves. Well, you know what? There's failure. There is all around us. We fail, we sin, we mess up, but Jesus himself covers over us. Psalm 130, one of my favorite Psalms. It says, if, if you, Lord, kept a record of sin, who could stand? No one. But with you, there is forgiveness so that we can with reverence serve you. And we wait for the Lord. My whole being waits and in his word, I put my hope. We wait for the Lord more than the watchman, wait for the morning. So we can't, if if the Lord kept a record of wrongs, no one could stand. But with you, Lord, there is forgiveness. I'm gonna have Brett come up and um, he's gonna lead us to the table. You guys know Brett Davis. And before he leads us, I'm gonna say something that it might come across as as a joke, but it's not. And it's that God is not socially distancing himself from you. Our God is near and he's giving to us himself, the the cup and the bread. So Brett, would you lead us to the table? Yeah.
6: And so friends, New Life Manitou, take a second. Let's just breathe together. You can prepare whatever elements you happen to have at your in your kitchen or if you're Jerry in your car driving around. But this is the central image of the Christian faith. The climax of Christian worship is some bread and a cup. This is the place where, we, where Jesus has handed his church. He's handed us tangible, the touchable, the thing that we can't get away from. It's just bread. It's everyday bread. It's, um, and it's a symbol of the brokenness of Christ, of the brokenness of what he endured. And the gospel that's that's handed to us is that in what we are handed and the thing that we can't get away from in the everydayness of bread and in what this symbolizes in the brokenness, the trial, the tribulation, the things falling apart, the blood and the tears and the sweat and the mess, that is the place where the life of Jesus is coming into us if we will receive it. And so, Jesus, we ask that you would give us the wisdom, the grace to receive your life through all of the The darkness the trials that all of us are facing some in our congregation even more than others just the weight of it we ask that you'd give us the wisdom to discern your life coming to us through it we ask that you'd help us receive even the painful even the brokenness as a means of getting your life into us spirit would you open us up to new life to the life of Jesus. We remember that on the night you were betrayed, Lord Jesus, you took bread and having given thanks, you broke that bread and you gave it to your disciples. You give it to us scattered across the Pike's Peak region and anywhere else. You give it to us your disciples this morning and you say, "Take eat this is my body and it is for you do this in remembrance of me likewise when supper was over you took the cup and having given thanks you you gave that cup to your disciples to us you give it and you say drink from this all of you this is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me And so, Jesus, we remember your body broken and your blood poured out. And we receive it into us through the everyday, through the painful. We receive your life, Jesus.
5: Lord, we pray to you. We ask that your spirit would be with us as we leave here, as we go about our day and our week. Lord, bless us as we receive from you your body and blood. Lord, we thank you, we worship you in your name. Amen. Friends, as you go from here, uh, know that we want to pray with you and connect with you. The best way to do that is newlifemanitou.org slash manitou /manitou. there's a prayer button down there and a connect button i'll send you the link if you want to connect with us for our congregation zoom call from 10 to 11 we have been going on there and chit chatting and then sharing prayer requests and then praying it's a beautiful time as a congregation so do that and as you go may the lord bless you and keep you may he make his face to shine upon you be gracious to you may the lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.